Hi, this is Brianna, and welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. I am having a lot of fun talking to you. I'm so glad you joined me today, whether you're in the car or whether you're doing dishes listening to your podcast or whether you're sitting down with your Bible study. I'm so glad you came. We are in week four, day four of our study. And I want to point out our memory verse. So I know I've been throwing a lot of this at you. So um, we have our memory verse prayer that we've been praying Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. So it's really important that you just get that into you and that you begin praying it out loud. Again, I told you before in the other broadcasts about how important the spoken word of God is. And this is really going to increase your faith. And it's really going to enhance your prayer life to do that. But I want to focus on the memory verse, Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. So this is, For he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, so God's purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. So here is something you're going to hear me say a lot. We hear the word body of Christ. And I think sometimes when we think about that, we just think like, oh, we're all working together. We're all a family. Yes, we are a family. We're working together. But we are we're actually the hands and feet of Jesus. We are spiritually connected in a way that you cannot see with your eyes. People can't see it with their eyes. So when we are out of good relationship with one another and we walk in unforgiveness and we walk in hostility against each other and we're believers, that is that creates a lot of pain not just for the people involved, but within the wider body of Christ. Christ came to destroy hostility. He came to destroy and remove um, not conflict, because conflict, um, I just have to say conflict is something that you can expect to happen when you have two different people with two different backgrounds. Um, it's how you deal with conflict. It's how you you deal with it. Are you dealing with it in a way that is God honoring? Are you are you honoring that other person's opinion instead of just berating them for it? Are you trying to manipulate your spouse to get them to think like you think about something? I think that we as women can get really silly about some of these things. Um, you know, like we want our spouse to be on the same page with us. We feel like that makes us one. And there's a lot of issues we really do want our spouse to be on the same page with us. But then there's a lot of issues that are totally peripheral. And we just need to let our spouse have his own opinions and his own, he's his own person. We don't need to try to manipulate the man that God gave you to become what you think he should be. Um, that is an example of um, how God destroys hostility when we learn to love people where they are, for who they are, for the personality God gave them. And um, and as we give grace, then learning to receive grace, um, because we have to admit that we're not perfect either. It might be hard to admit that because I think that very greatly we want to be perfect. I think one of the 
biggest things that women struggle with is perfectionism, wanting their house to look perfect, wanting people to perceive them as perfect. And you know what? There are many people who want to be perceived as perfect, but we all know that it's not perfect in the house. You know, we all know the closet that things get stuffed in. We all know we all have that junk drawer, but we all have those emotional junk drawers too, where everything kind of gets thrown away and shoved shut. And then we just forget about all that trash in there until the baby pulls it and it falls on the floor and everything busts out and, and it's all out in the open. Right. So I think um, and I know one of the main things we need to deal with spiritually is how to come before God with open hands and saying, God, I want to give you my pride and admit that I'm not perfect and that I need you. Um, I need to admit that even my best efforts are going to fall short and also realizing that God loves you with your bad breath, and he loves you with your cellulite and your messed up hair and um, your house that you need to get in order, but it's not in order. God loves you. Now, I'm saying these silly things like cellulite, but we also have things that are very serious that you might think like, how could God love me? How could God love me? I had this happen in my past. Um, I, maybe you were really promiscuous and maybe you slept around a lot and now you carry this guilt or you just can, you have all these faces in your head and you think like, how can God forgive me? Or how could my husband forgive me? I just have to put on this face so everybody will know I'm a good little Christian girl, right? Um, maybe you've been abused and then you feel dirty, even though you didn't do anything. It was somebody else who harmed you. And and I think what, what we do is we want to, everybody to see us and accept us and love us and even God. So we try really hard to put on this front and instead of being just open and honest about who we are and then letting God change us and letting God transform us because really God's main requirement, here it is, are you ready? His main requirement in coming to him is being honest and open about our need for him. So when I come to God in repentance and I say, Lord, all of my good works, everything I've ever tried to be for you is as filthy rags, God says, I know, but I love you anyways. That's why I sent my son to die for you, because I knew you couldn't do it yourself. And so I rescued you. I came to rescue you. So rest in my rescuing. Rest in my rescuing. I want to take your mess and give you a message. I want to turn your mess into a message, but your mess can't get turned into a message if you're hoarding it. Like we can't emotionally and spiritually hoard. And it says in Isaiah 64, 6, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away. Well, I have to tell you what, that word for filthy rags in the Hebrew, and we say that in the Old Testament, it's Hebrew, right? So the New Testament, when you're looking up things in your Bible Hub app, you're going to click on Greek. And whenever you're in the Old Testament, you're going to click on Hebrew because that's the language that the Old Testament is written in. But that word filthy rags means... Um, <laughs> it says, from an unused root, meaning to set a period, the menstrual flux as periodical by implication of soiling, and it means continually soiling. So 
All of you know what I'm talking about out there. It's it's something that we can't stop. It happens frequently, and we're our good works are no better than that. And it's it's offensive. Maybe it's a slap in the face to everybody who says, I'm a good person. I love people. I try my best. I do my hardest. This is not a rejection. This is not a rejection. It is the deepest acceptance and the deepest love you can ever know. That God who knows every deep down yucky part of your life, he even sees things about your part that's yucky, that about your life that is lucky, not lucky, yucky that you don't even know. I'm sorry. I'm getting tongue-tied. You don't even know it's it's ugly. It's kind of like you get broccoli in your teeth and your friend has to say, hey, there's broccoli in your teeth. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. You don't even know some of the things that are that are offensive, but he says, my love for you is so great that even though you've offended me, I'm my son has died for you. I accept you. And that is good news. Okay, we've all hear, heard the jokes, fake news, you know, fake news. The fake news is that we don't need God, that we can be good on our own, and that we can somehow impress him. How can, okay, let's look at the, the universe. The universe is huge. The universe, how many planets are there? How many galaxies? How expansive is the universe? And it, God spoke it into existence. And then he created people on the earth. We are so small compared to him, and yet he considers us. The Bible says, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you would love him or think of him? I forget the exact words there. That We're lower than angels, and God loves us. So let's get over ourselves, okay? <laughs> let's just get over ourselves. It's going to help your relationships. It's first of all going to help your relationship with God because you cannot— have peace with God if you aren't real with yourself. You go to God and say, God, thank you that you have seen every ugly thing in my life and you still love me. You still love me. And not only that, you're going to help me clean this up. Because as we learned in Ephesians, that it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So I trust that God loves me in spite of my sin. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works. That means not like, oh, hey, God, look at me. I look beautiful today. Not by works, lest anyone should boast. There's no boasting. It's all worship. God wants to take our boasting away, and we're going to worship him because we don't deserve it, but he loves us unconditionally. And then it says, for... You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he takes what was unworthy to be part of his family, makes us a part of his family by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, and then does a fantastic, amazing transformation that is continual. So remember how our sin is continual, kind of like the whole the whole menstrual cycle. It's continually being dirtied. God's work in us is continual. And he continues the sanctification process in us by his Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. And then what happens? He starts to transform our relationships. In page 79 of the book, you're going to see you're going to see something in there about the dividing wall of hostility. The things that destroy our relationships, 
It's the fact that we have built up this case between us and another person. The same way there was a case between you and God, all the sin in your life reaching up to the heavens. And God tore that down when we have faith in Christ by his grace. So what have you built in your mind? What case have you built against somebody? Is there somebody that you can't stand? Is it your spouse? Is it your friend? Is it a family member? Is it a coworker? Is it a, a child? I mean, you can actually build a case against a five-year-old. I have done that. <laughs> it is totally fine. And when my dad was like, okay, Brianna, your problem is you need to forgive your five-year-old. I'm like, how can, what? That doesn't make sense. She's blonde. She's cute. And he's like, no, this is going to be over as soon as you pray to forgive your child and get rid of that resentment towards your child. I was so embarrassed that I had resentment towards my five-year-old that was causing conflict. I'm the big girl. You know, she's five. I have to do the right thing. So I had to give that pain I had to give that anger. I had to forgive her in Jesus' name and, and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I forgive my daughter, who's who's a beautiful grown woman now, but I forgive my five-year-old. And um, I pray, Lord, that you take this anger out of me, this resentment. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. God, fill me with your spirit so I can love her the way she needs to be loved, even whenever it's really difficult getting her on the bus for kindergarten. Okay. That is the, what I'm talking about here. And that's that's an easy one. There's other ones that are much, much more difficult. The need to forgive, tearing down. If, if Jesus would give himself to tear down the dividing wall of hostility between you and the Father, he can work the same miracle in you for you to forgive someone who has offended you, even if they're five, even if it's your teenage kid or your spouse. And then teach you how to receive grace because I guarantee you're not the perfect one in the relationship. Even if it's even if it's pretty lopsided, I'm sure there are places in your life that you need to be able to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Ask the Lord today. Ask him, is there hostility in my relationship with someone else that I need to take to you so you can tear these walls down and rebuild a relationship built on grace and mercy and love? That's your thought for today. God bless, and we'll see you back tomorrow for week four, day five.